Hi, guys. Hi, everyone. You probably noticed we're doing a re-release today, but with very good reason. I'm getting married! Lizzie is getting married today, and Lizzie is the only person that while getting married, is thinking about this podcast. That's how much this podcast means to me. <laughs> and so we wanted to re-release Mama Mia, obviously, because of that beautiful scene slipping through my fingers. So when you get to that scene, think of Lizzie and cry, please. Yes, cry for me. And cheers to a life with the person of my dreams. That's not me, you guys. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Cheers. Hey, I'm Sam. And I'm Lizzie. And we're queer people who love movies. This is Subtextual. Lizzie! Sam! We just took a shot of ouzo in preparation for this episode. Are you pumped? <laughs> Girl, I'm so pumped. Here we go again. <laughs> no, 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 no. The first one. What? Oh, because oh, that's the name of the second one. No. My, my. How can I mix them up? So you've read the title. You know what it is. Today we're talking about the absolute masterpiece, and I won't hear otherwise. Yes. Mamma Mia. I'm going to sing so much (laughs) in this session. Just get ready. Uh, Before I start, I want to gauge. I I feel like I know how Lizzie feels about it. But Lee, do you like this movie? So I love ABBA. Um, I don't know if I've actually seen this probably in over a decade, but I'm definitely going to be rewatching it. After recording this podcast, nice because uh, I do remember it fondly, and I haven't seen the sequel, but I'm excited to watch that as well. We should group watch the sequel because I haven't seen it either. Yeah, if you guys are interested in watching us watch, uh, here we, <laughs> Mama Mia, here we go again. <laughs> we'd be more than happy to do that for you. I mean, we're going to do it anyways, but we could turn the camera on or something <laughs> while we do it. But um, you guys, buckle in, maybe take another shot of Uzo because this is going to be a big one. You listeners at home, if you thought Mamma Mia wasn't a rich text, you were wrong. I fucking knew it. I fucking knew it. We like just kind of whispered it to each other one day, like, is Mamma Mia gay enough for the pod? And I was like, (laughs) we're we're done. We're in. If we had a podcast where we couldn't talk about Mamma Mia, what's the point of our podcast? I will... Listeners, hear me now. If you ever listen to any of my other work, I promise I will do Mamma Mia on the pod, any pod that I do for the rest of time. (laughs) I will not let you down. There is always one degree of separation between Lizzie and Mamma Mia. (laughs) So I know what you're thinking, listener. Is this movie gay? Sort of. (laughs) (laughs) There's a gay character in it, though I don't think that warrants enough. But I think with Er, the— Wrong. (laughs) I don't want to, yeah, limit myself in this podcast (laughs) from doing shit like this in the future. But I think the accompaniment of Disco as a character, as well as like the gay cult following this movie and, you know, theatrical production have received are noteworthy. So I'm going to talk a little bit about Disco and not too much about ABBA because like then I'd be here forever. But I'm assuming you know who ABBA is. Lizzie, what's your relationship with their music? Tumultuous, um, give and take, energetic. That's how I would describe my relationship to ABBA. I listen to ABBA a lot. It's enfolded in a lot of my custom playlists. I love ABBA. Yes. Okay. We know Lee loves ABBA. I love ABBA. I also really love disco. And the reason that I'm mentioning it here is, of course, it's a part of this film, but I think it's a huge testament to gay love and gay expression. 
And for those of you who might not know too much about the roots of disco, it was completely rooted in uh, black and brown gay nightlife, with some of its biggest giants being black and brown gay people themselves. It was used as a tool to create a sense of community, and it was embraced wholeheartedly by gay people everywhere to kind of foster a safe environment to express themselves and their loves for each other. So a little bit about the 1970s when disco came to like a huge rise. This was also the time of like widespread lesbian gay bands in clubs and in private areas where you just couldn't express yourself freely. You couldn't even touch your partner when you're dancing. But disco itself inherently is made to make people move, to dance, to put them close to each other. And I think that gave gay people this like respite. And I, I think it's so beautiful what gay people have done for disco and what disco has done for gay people. Uh, <laughs> Ask not what you can do for your disco, but what your disco can, can do, do for you. <laughs> I want to show you this clip of Niall Rogers, who, if you haven't heard of him, you've definitely heard his music. He's a musician and producer. He's known for Everybody Dance, mm. Lay Freak. He produced for Sister Sledge, he, We Are Family. That song, David Bowie, Let's Dance. Let's go. Madonna's Like a Virgin. <sighs> this guy is an icon. So, Lizzie, I'm going to show you a clip of Niall Rogers explaining how the song I'm Coming Out came to fruition. And it has to do with him being in a club full of beautiful gay and trans people and coming out of a bathroom stall and seeing six Diana Ross impersonators. So he calls his writing partner because they have plans to write for Diana Ross. And he tells him this. So I explained to him the situation that I was in the bathroom with a lot of Diana Ross impersonators. And I said, you know, Diana Ross is revered by the gay community. And if we wrote a song called I'm Coming Out for Diana Ross, it would have the same power as James Brown's Say It Loud, I'm Black and I'm Proud. And Bernard finally got it. You know, he woke up enough to get it. And next day we met in the studio and I played something like this. Gay. What do you think, Lizzie? I agree. Disco is gay. I have <laughs> no refuting arguments. Whenever I think about disco, I get really bad FOMO because I wasn't alive. And disco, not that it's dead, but it's different now. Mm-hmm. But looking back at disco, whenever I like close my eyes and just picture all the sparkles, I picture like two specific things. And that is number one, disco and discotheques and where people would dance to this music felt like definitely like a safe space. Like I picture just like a huge club with like a really small dance floor, just being with your friends, looking amazing, feeling amazing. And then just like your fucking favorite song comes on or that like new Diana Ross release. And I can just like imagine what that moment would have felt like and the freedom you would have felt as like a gay person in that space. But also I think about the clothing and how (laughs) gay the clothing is too. Mm -hmm. Like it is so iconic, tight and bright and show-offy and like showed curves. And still to this day, I have just like all these images that bring me a lot of joy right now. And uh, yeah, disco's gay. Here, here. (laughs) You guys, if you didn't know it, you know it now. Disco is so incredibly gay. And all the backlash that it went on to receive and from people requesting that disco die was definitely you know, rooted in anti-gay, anti-woman, mm-hmm. anti-color rhetoric. I'm glad, and you know, it's had a complete resurgence. Like ABBA has credited their comeback with being loved by the gay community. Mm. So when gay people love something, 
they love hard. That's true. They love loud and they put their money where their mouth is. (laughs) So this film was based off of a stage production that was already on Broadway that had Mm. moved from like London to Broadway. And the producer of that musical, Judy Kramer, said that she created this with the understanding that ABBA's music is just inherently theatrical. So the stage play opened in London in 1999. It was written by Katherine Johnson and it was based on the song's by ABBA, which were composed by Benny Anderson and Bjorn Uvalis. So the Broadway opening when it moved to America was directed by Phyllida Lloyd. And so she is the director of the film as well. Oh, okay. So the person who directed the musical play eventually did the film as well. Okay, that's really cool. I I was wondering if there was any crossover between, because I knew it was a stage play. I didn't know it was a stage play first, so that's cool. Um, I've actually seen the play live on stage in my hometown, yeah. How was the hometown version? It was just as good, if not better, than the movie. I've been a big fan of the movie since it's come out. That's like a movie that my mom and I love and owned on DVD and watched a lot. So Mm -hmm. we went and saw it together. It's just such a joyful, fun, energetic story. And there's fucking music every 10 seconds. What's not to like? They hardly speak. (laughs) (laughs) Like a true musical. It's like, yeah, the dialogue is chastened, hard to come by. It's funny because the play's original producer and writer were, according to Variety, broke when they first tried to put the show together and were even snubbed by the Swedish group whose music formed the basis of the show. And they are now two of the wealthiest women in England. No shit. Mm-hmm. You had better get your money. Mm-hmm. It was, it's, I think to this day, like the 10th longest running Broadway production. Wow. Yeah. So this was, this production, I've never seen it live, but Meryl Streep was so taken. She was just so smitten with it that after seeing it in 2001, she wrote to the production, just thanking them on like how beautiful and fun it was. Oh, so she had a personal connection to this too. Yeah. She loved it. Oh, my God. Meryl's got such good taste. I know. She could do no wrong. I don't think that's an understatement. (laughs) So now as it's becoming a film, we keep the director from the Broadway production, Phyllida Lloyd. We keep the producer from the original production, Judy Kramer. Cool. And then we also keep the writer, Katherine Johnson. So they all had a job of like translating it to the screen. And it's funny because in the film, Donna, who's the mother has a girl group called Donna and the Dynamos. Mm -hmm. And on set, they like to call these three women the original Dynamos. If I could go back in time (laughs) and be on set of any movie in the history of the world, it would be this movie hands down. That's exactly, that's a note of mine, Lizzie. If I could, (laughs) I would trade my tit to be in this movie. Yes, this one. This one. Here you go. I know the one. Transport me. (laughs) (laughs) So this film is so incredibly beloved, but it did, you know, people have their opinions on it. But when they approached Meryl for the role of Donna, she hadn't thought anything of that letter that she had wrote them. She just wrote it in passing. And so they had this letter and they're like coming and shaking and they're like, would you maybe want to do this? And she said yes, immediately. She was flattered. Oh my God. Dream role. Right? Honestly. Yeah. So all of the A- like the real huge A-listers and more established older generation that's in this film have all on different occasions said that they signed on immediately when they heard Meryl. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that's that's really smart on the producer's part to be like, all right, let's put Meryl in it and then we'll be able to get whoever the fuck we want. Yes. And probably a lot more money. Uh-huh. 
So it was filmed in Greece. The cast performed their own vocals, which you can totally tell. You know, it's no <laughs> surprise. <laughs> God bless the like musical director and who, the musical producers who like put these tracks together because they did some work. They had their work cut out <laughs> yes. for them. I don't include most of the songs that include the male vocals because. Bad. It is quite bad. Bad, bad, bad. So Stellan Skarsgård, who plays Bill, when was asked if he could sing by his agent, initially said no. Later, he said yes when he heard more about the film, saying, sure, you could even fly in, in a film. <laughs> I'll fucking, like, do backflips. What do you need me to do? <laughs> Colin Firth once stated that if heaven exists, when he arrives, he wants to hear God say, I personally thought you were very good in Mamma Mia. <laughs> Shh. And um, one critic said of Pierce Brosnan singing, he looks physically pained, choking out the lyrics as if he's being subjected to a prostate exam just outside the camera's eye. Oh. You know, in my like fantasy where I go back in time to the set of this, I would be like, look, y'all, anyone but Pierce Brosnan and nobody. It doesn't have to be someone we know. We already have Meryl. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, please, for the love of God, someone that can sing. Yeah, why cast James Bond as like a singer? It's it's very interesting. The musical director has said that it he hasn't said, used the word challenge, but you can tell that's what he meant, you know? <laughs> I think the person with the most beautiful voice is hands down Amanda Seyfried. I agree completely. Like, to make that register sound dynamic, I thought she did a really good job. Oh, beautiful. Okay, I want to show you something really quick. So I'm going to show you some behind-the-scenes footage of uh, Mamma Mia. <laughs> Thank God. Like, every night, your pals want to hang out, and let's have some Greek wine and some ouzo and... You just want to kind of go da 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 and you go, I'm working tomorrow. I actually have to get some sleep. And it's probably not a good idea to drink ouzo. I think the freedom and liberation you're feeling in these actors is really their ouzo ration every day. You know, it kind of loosens it up a little for them. And, you know, breakfast, you know, a couple shots, you know, just get, get them going in the morning, you know. I think that's really where all the liberation and freedom and energy comes from. I'm so jealous. So, Lizzie, with that being said, let's take a shot of Uzo. Hey, cheers. Let's pretend we're on the set with them right now. Ugh. Yeah. For those at home, how would you describe Uzo? Uzo is like a clear liquor. It's pretty easy to drink, but it has a very strong anise flavor. I personally really like it. I We were looking for Uzo for this episode. I called this like liquor store oh near my house and the guy answers and I go, hi, I'm just wondering if you have any Uzo. And he goes, oh, I said Ozo or something like that. And he goes, <laughs> you mean Uzo? And I was like, yeah. Yes, bitch. And he was like, you just called here. And I said, no, I didn't. Like, have I already had the Uzo? I was like, no, I didn't. And he goes, oh, weird. Someone just called here and asked for Uzo. And I said, oh, that must be my best friend. We're watching Mama Mia tonight. <laughs> and he's like, anyway, we're out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, dead ass. There is another bitch in this city that we need to find because she is our best friend. So it wasn't and you. We, it was not me. Like, I swear. But I did come through and find the Uzo at another liquor store where no one gave me fucking flack. So <laughs> I think that guy is just like, what the fuck is up with Uzo right now? <laughs> well, it's because fucking Europe is as hot as it's ever been. There's True. more travel this year than history. And everyone's going to Europe. And all those unlucky bitches, us, who are stuck here <laughs> in America all summer, are like, how can we pretend we're going to Europe? Ah, yes. 
Mamma Mia. <laughs> Let's get drunk and watch Mamma Mia. I love knowing that they were all wasted during this production because it really does seem like it. <laughs> it does seem like it. But it's a nice, loose, kind of like flush cheek feeling that is why like I describe this movie to anyone that hasn't seen it as like it makes you feel like you're on vacation for an hour and a half. Like mm-hmm. truly you are transported to that like carefree summer feeling. Yes. Ugh. Now you Ugh. ride that wave and we're going to get started with the music. I have a dream a song to sing track I have a dream and specifically those few bars of I believe in angels that was what solidified Amanda Seyfried for this role Uh, the musical director from the original stage production said that is like the most difficult thing to sing in this song and her audition tape she just nailed it okay I want to kiss Amanda Seyfried on the fucking mouth okay this, okay, so this is not necessarily my type of gal. Like, if I had a type, she's, like, the opposite of my type. She is, like, one of my number one film crushes. I don't know why. It's her in that one-piece swimsuit with yeah. the hair. Yeah, the hair's and, great. And, like, singing. Ugh, that's such a great vocal line for her. Yeah, so this starts, it kicks the movie right off, and we see that Sophie is sending out three invitations to three men who she's deduced could be her father based on her mother Donna's diary. So invitations get set and we see her the next day with her generation of best friends because her mom has one too. And we get this little number. What do you remember about this scene? Okay, I remember how cute the friends are when they meet. They have this, like, cute little handshake, (laughs) a la, like, parent trap. And I remember she's, like, reading this diary and, like, learning more about her father. So it's very playful and fun. It is probably one of my favorite numbers. I have, like, three standouts, and this is one. I don't know. It's just so fun, and she's so cute. I'm going to have you pick a favorite. I will be able to do so. Okay. I think I have a favorite now. We'll see if it's still my favorite at the end. If I can change it for you. Okay, <laughs> write it down on a piece of paper and pass it over to me. <laughs> so Honey Honey is is Sophie kind of recounting what happens in her mom's diary. And we get to learn a little bit more about Sam, who's played by Pierce Brosnan, Bill, who's played by Stellan Skarsgård, and Harry, who's played by Colin Firth. So these are all the men that could be her. Maybe daddies. Maybe daddies, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so according to Pierce Brosnan, he had no idea what this project was about, but he signed on immediately when he heard Grease and Meryl Streep. He said that he would have signed on for anything involving Streep, describing her as that gorgeous blonde I fancy terribly in drama school. Okay, he did not deserve to be in this part, but I respect his decision to do this solely based on that he would get to act next to her. Yeah, none of these men are exactly right for this part, but I think (laughs) that I understand if I was in their position, I would take it regardless of if I could do it or not. 
Theirs only first choices for this film. There was no alternative. Everyone was like, yeah, sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> we also, in this uh, musical number, meet Donna, who, like I said, is played by Meryl Streep, and she's Sophie's mother. Um, other people considered for this role are Olivia Newton-John <gasps> and Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh, Meryl's the best choice, though. Like, yeah. the casting of those two as parent-sibling is uncanny, Honestly. Incredible. The wigs are so good. Why are you looking at They're me? wearing wigs? Meryl is. Oh, thank God. <laughs> oh, my God. Don't scare me don't like that. shatter my illusion of Amanda Seyfried's hair in this film. Her hair is 85% of why I love her. Yeah. They do a good job at creating a resemblance between the two. It's wow. giving that challenge in every episode of Drag Race where they do the family resemblance. Yes. So... Sophie tells her friends she wants her father to give her away at her wedding, and one of her friends remarks, better be a wide aisle. <laughs> <laughs> Those friends were underutilized, honestly. I thought they Truly. were hilarious, but we didn't really learn anything about them. Alas. Alas. I think we get more about them in the reflection of Donna's friendship because mm. we can see that they fall into the same sort of archetypes. Oh, that's true. Oh, I totally forgot Donna's friends. They're the fucking best. Yeah, they're incredible. And we also meet Skye, who is played by Dominic Cooper and is Sophie's fiance. I just have like an embarrassing thing to say. Yes. I don't think he's cute or anything. What I'm going to say is that I've watched this movie for as long as I can remember with my mom, like every few weeks for all eternity. <laughs> and then I like moved out and went to college and became a person. And when I revisited it after college, I realized that I thought that he was gay and I didn't realize that was her fiance. Ever? Like, I just don't think I ever really thought too much about this movie. I would like come in and out and just listen to the musical bits. Oh. I never really paid attention to the story. But it's literally about a wedding, babes. <laughs> It's about them being married, and I get that now. <laughs> but if you, if I took some of his dialogue out of context, especially their interactions, they really just seem like friends. There's literally a whole song about her, like, wanting to be his shooting duck and, like, crawling all over him. I skip that song every single time. Well, there you go. <laughs> That'll do it for you. Yeah, I think that is, like, the glue that holds their relationship together in this film, and I always skip it. So for me, yeah. it just went right over my head. I have like an Instagram story where I drunkenly watch this movie and realize that they're together. I can send you all those stories because they're hilarious. Send. Yes, please. <laughs> so then we get the introduction of Donna's friends. We have Rosie, who's played by two-time Academy Award nominee Dame Julie Walters, mm. the short one, mm -hmm. and Tanya, two-time Tony Award winner Christine Baranski. That trio is so fucking good. Yes. So much chemistry. They're so good, in fact, that they had a band called Donna and the Dynamos. Ugh. That's another one of my favorite numbers. Super, Super true, but lights are gonna Oh, we gonna get me. there, baby. I love that fucking song. They're so believable oh. as a trio. Maybe it's the Uzo, but they're just so dynamic. <laughs> the, all three characters are differently dynamic. And, like, visually, they also did a great job of separating them. Okay, so Rosie, to me, when I watched this, always seemed like a lesbian. A little bit, yeah. She's kind of serving, like, older Rizzo a little bit. Yeah, and she's, like, she handles things very, like, hands-on and yeah. she's very forward and confident. And she also wears a bangle t-shirt. And I know the bangles aren't lesbians, but, like, lesbians love the bangles. Yeah. You know? I can definitely see that. I mean, if they hadn't pushed, like, or she hadn't pushed herself on this man at the end, I'd be like, uh. Oh. She's gay, and Christine 
Boronsky or whatever her name is, is her girlfriend. <laughs> yes. So funny enough about Christine Boronsky's role of Tanya, it was originally offered to Cher. Fucking face drop. Could you imagine how kind of weird that would be? I mean, all, no. the whole casting of this movie, aside from Meryl and Seyfried, is kind of bonkers. But we accept it because we love it. But it could be better is the thing. Like, this movie could be even better, which is crazy. I'll talk about that a little more, too, in the future. But we get uh, another great song. I work all night, I work all day to pay the bills I have to pay. Ain't it sad? And still there never seems to be a single penny left for me. delicious. <laughs> I love this fucking song. Uh, so great. It's accompanied by, we watch Donna go around her villa as it's like falling apart. It, so good. Even though it's falling apart, I would stay there in a heartbeat. I would literally move there tomorrow. Yeah. I, I would be flattered mm -hmm. to even get a room at the villa. It's beautiful. Yeah. We see Sophie meet all three men. And I think before this, she assumes she'll see one of them and just know. Yeah. Uh, but she sees them all and she has no idea who her dad is. Uh, my girlfriend was watching me watch this movie because she doesn't like musicals. And she was like, how does she just not know which one's her dad? And I was saying, like, her resemblance to Meryl in this film is so striking mm -hmm. that she could be mixed with any of these dudes. And you probably couldn't tell. Not Pierce Brosnan. For me, my vote is between Bill and Harry, but we can really? we can hash it out. I feel 100%. like Pierce Brosnan is like has the least pronounced features. He has the most dominant genes, so his genes would fucking be all over that mug. You know what I mean? Yes, I'm thinking about the science of Mamma Mia. <laughs> We're doing those <laughs> tables that you do in biology yes. where it's like why why the gene X. charts. <laughs> yes. 100%. Uh, so Sophie realizes she can't figure out who her dad is, and she sneaks them all into the hotel, and she tells them that Donna has no idea that they're there. And we hear Donna rustling in the courtyard, and she's singing Fernando by oh, ABBA, which is another great song. God. The original producers of the stage performance said that they loved the song, but they couldn't include, like, the song itself due to its, like, themes. It's based on, like, war. There's, like, really no way to, like, fit it in. Yeah. That's probably one of my, like— Outside of this movie, one of my favorite ABBA songs, though. Mm -hmm. So good. And so I just good. love the little nods that they do to the craftsmanship of all this music. Mm -hmm. So Donna hears something and she peeks into this, like, attic garage mm -hmm. and she sees all three mm -hmm. men and, like, almost faints. I love how um, whenever she sees each of them in turn, they, like, morph into their old selves. And rather than casting younger actors, they just put them in, like, makeup and shabby clothing. Hilarious, hilarious. Oh, so camp. This whole thing yes. is so fucking camp. Then we get this song.
The blocking and the choreography for uh-huh. this song lives in my head, in my frontal lobe, mm-hmm. and it's, I think it's so good and so creative and cute. So something about the dance, and I'll, I'll get more into the dancing later on, but they, it's weird. This film isn't known for like intricate dancing, and I don't think they wanted it to be, mm-hmm. especially like if it's happening in a little villa in Greece. Like you can't, you know, you can't really do this, these insane shots and get these huge crowds doing all this intricate dancing. So it seems really true to life for like the locals of this island to dance in the way that they do whenever they do get the chance to. That's part of its charm is that it's kind of just like ragtag. Yeah. Like that's how I would want it to be. Like it seems like how I would dance if they just start playing Mamma Mia in a <laughs> yes. courtyard, you know? Exactly. It's really good like translations mm-hmm. of the songs. Yeah. So... Donna falls into the weird attic garage and she questions the men on why they're there and they all lie saying they're visiting for various reasons. And she's kind of just overwhelmed by what's happening, but she is definitely feeling Sam, who's played by Pierce Brosnan. <sighs> you don't Whatever. like it? You don't, you're not feeling it? I'll change my attitude. <laughs> so she asked them to leave very politely. And then, you know, because she's so upset, we get this song. How I hate to see you like this. There is no way you can deny it. I can see that you're so surprised. She could teach and tell me the truth. I'm a shoulder you can cry on. Hilariously enough, <sighs> unfortunately, this is not included on the soundtrack. Why? I don't know. <laughs> it's so funny because when they shot this film, they had everyone singing live as well. No. Yes. So that was their live <gasps> vocals. They're great. Yeah. Because, like, the thing about this particular musical that not every musical pulls off so well is that the characterization of the vocalization, if that makes any sense, is so good and fits the scene like this scene in particular just like the how they fold the acting into how they deliver the singing is Mm -hmm. part of what makes it so satisfying for me yeah it really does feel like even before I knew that or when I watch in other scenes it really does feel like they're actually like evoking this emotion because they are singing like the musical director even has all the background dancers sing at full volume he there's a scene where in the BTS where he's directing all the dancers and he's like, open your mouth when you're singing because if you don't, it looks like you're lip singing. Like, I need you to project. Yeah. And he has them all sing. You know, they're <laughs> not singers. It's great. Let's go. God, that scene is so hilarious too. Julie, Dame Julie Walters and Christine Baranski, who played Tanya and Rosie, do a fantastic job with each other. They really do seem like friends. They really do. They probably are friends now. I would hope so. Yeah. Well, you do that much ouzo with people, you are bonded. <laughs> uh, 
So Donna doesn't know why these men are here, and she plans to keep them very far from Sophie. Tanya and Rosie tell Donna that she's sounding like her mother, mm. and Donna says that she's grown up. And so they implore her to grow back down with this song. So this is our biggest musical number up until this point. Like Most dancers? Most dancers, oh. yeah. So they get all of the local women from this Grecian <gasps> oh, village. Oh, that's right. At the end, they like do a little choreographed thing at the end. Oh, yeah. this is such a great number. So good. And they look so full of joy and light. And like the like you're, we were saying, the choreography isn't advanced or incredibly technical, but it does just seem like a way that these people would be dancing. Yeah. A cool cameo that happens in this scene is Benny Anderson of ABBA is shown playing like the piano on the dock that oh, they all jump dunna, off of. Dunna, dunna. Exactly. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, it's a nice little uh, gift, a little Easter egg. Were any of the other ABBA members, like, were they involved in, like, the creation of the stage play at all or the film? I think it was Bjorn or Benny. Only one of them was, like, heavily tied to the stage production. Mm. And then both of the men are tied pretty heavily to the film production. And I think even one of the women, I'm forgetting her name, was the, like, financial producer of the stage production as well. so they bankrolled it a little bit. Yeah, and they've all come out and, like, said that they love this movie and they've, like, publicly supported it. They're at all the premieres and stuff. Right. I mean, why wouldn't you? If if I was a fucking musician and someone wanted to turn a collection of my works into an Across the Universe-style movie, I would be like, fucking finally. And they're like, Meryl (laughs) Streep also. (laughs) Also Meryl Streep? Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Gosh, so good. And so the pacing, you know, kind of ramped up a little bit and then it's kind of coming back down and we get to see Sophie spend the afternoon with her maybe daddies and we get we get the song Our Last Summer. I'm not going to include it. I'm sorry. Skip it. It's basically, I'm assuming, the second movie all summed up in one song. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I haven't seen the second movie, but God, the men's vocals... Woof. Not good. Yeah, it's super bad. So I'm not going to make you guys listen to it, but you can be like, oh, I can still recall. You know, you know how the song goes. Yeah, but this is where we get that one piece swimsuit that made me fall in love with Amanda Seyfried. So <laughs> it is worth can't mentioning. See the one piece swimsuit. Oh, I'm dropping a photo in the <laughs> comments and the links in the bio. You check it out, y'all. Moving along. <laughs> uh, then we move to Lay All Your Love on Me. Mm, that's the one you skipped because of how hetero it is. Maybe that's why, you know, I just was like, I walked away. I just never have enjoyed this song. I really like this number mostly because of how they have like a line of men on the dock and like flipper uh, flippers and they like do this little like number and jump into the water. And I just thought it was really charming and silly. Yeah, the the choreo is interesting. That's what I'll say. It like takes the edge off of how like kind of toxic it is. <laughs> so we move into their like bachelor and bachelorette parties. Like Sky goes to his stag party, and Sophie goes to her hen party, and we get a little special appearance. You mean one of the best numbers ever made? Yep. yep. <laughs> Super trooper lights are gonna find me, but I won't feel blue like I always do. Somewhere in the crowd there's you 
please learn this choreo? Can you please learn it? Because I already <laughs> got it, baby. <laughs> you were what kind we of need doing is the, the outfits. Dance. We need the outfits and we need a third. <gasps> Lee Garcia, are you available? I need to rewatch this movie, as I said, so I'll take notes. I Don't worry. We will teach you the choreography. It's no problem. Sometimes Sam gets in this mood when we're watching something, specifically the Super Bowl. She'll, like, get really drunk, and she'll insist we play this game where we just, like, play a YouTube video, like a music video. Yeah. And we'll dance along to the choreo as if we know it. And it's a huge workout. It's exhausting. So how the game works, it's not a real thing. But like you just pick a live performance by like a pop icon. So like Madonna, Britney. Shakira, whatever. Shakira, whoever you like, you put it on. And then you just try to follow what they're doing. Incredibly difficult. A lot of fun. I would recommend. Highly recommend with this film as well. Yes. So Donna and the Dynamos are performing at Sophie's Hen Party. And... They are in full beat, and they look amazing. They are so cute. Ugh, the dads enter, and Donna sees them. And you're wondering for a moment, like, will she sing this song to them? But when the line comes at the end, but somewhere in the crowd, and she sings it right at Sophie, there's you. Ugh. This, like, makes all of our, like, mommy issues ache <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> I know this well, how dare they? <laughs> how dare they make me feel feelings? Oh, and there's that other song later. I don't know if yeah. you, do you oh, cover it. Do okay. I? I'll keep it. I'll keep it to myself for now. No, yeah. This makes me like cry in Mother Daughter. I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, it's so sweet. She loves her. Okay, so halftime, let me just inform you guys. Here's the evidence as to who could be Sophie's father. Okay. So here's the evidence for Bill. So Sophie is named after a Sophia. Mm -hmm. That Sophia was the one who gave her mother, Donna, the money to buy this villa. Mm. When Bill hears this, he says, my Aunt Sophia, I always heard her money was left to family. <gasps> See, that's part of my like reasoning for thinking it's him, and they kind of look similar. So how much stronger does it get than that? But True. continue. <laughs> it gets, the evidence gets worse. Exhibit B. <laughs> The evidence in Sam's favor is that him and Sophie share the same talent for drawing. No. Next. <laughs> I don't think me and my dad share similar talents. <laughs> I do have my mom's exact handwriting. But um, we're talking about dads. Tomato, tomato. <laughs> <laughs> and for Harry, there is no real evidence, but he seems like he'd make a great dad. He yeah. says something gay about only having dogs for children and that if he had a daughter, he would spoil her rotten. You know, this takes place in the same universe as What a Girl Wants, where he does get Amanda Bynes as a daughter. He's like, oh, shit, this is a bit much. Careful what you wish for, Harry. Yeah. So Bill, after hearing this information about his aunt, walks away flustered, and then he tells Sophie that he must be her father, and he plans to walk her down the aisle. Oh, that's what she wants. And then we get this song. Stags have infiltrated the hen party. Oh no. What are they gonna do? What are they gonna do? All drink ooze together? Dance and sing. Oh no. <laughs> I think this is the most intricate dancing we see in the film, if I'm not mistaken. They all partner up and do like really nice like pair dancing, mm -hmm. which is fun. Super fun. Very energetic. Also, while this is playing, both Sam and Harry both approach Sophie saying that they're her father as well. Ooh, better be a 
wide aisle. <laughs> Uh, so Sophie is so overwhelmed with this because it's really seeming more like a fever dream and she falls to the ground and faints. This is the only plot point. I was like, why? Sure. Maybe she's drunk. Maybe she's dehydrated. Grease is hot. True. Uzo is dehydrating. That's true. And then we get this scene I'd like to show you. I want to get something up my chest. Me too. Last night, I discovered something wonderful. A wake-up call, a, a way to look at myself and, and what I really want out of life. Last night? <laughs> you didn't know? You didn't even even suspect that you were... Well, well no, of course not. It's, it's, it's always been a secret. Oh. And now we say it out loud. No, no, no. It's, no. it's absolutely hush-hush, I mean, for now. All will be revealed tonight. What the fuck do you think that means? It's a comedy of errors mm -hmm. because Harry is gay and doesn't know it yet, but Bill does. And Bill thinks he's talking about something else where Harry thinks he's talking about it. He thinks he's Sophie's father. And it's pretty intricate. <laughs> but you told me because like the reason we kind of like brought up maybe we should, we should do Mamma Mia is like not that get, Disco's gay because it definitely is and it's definitely a reason to do it but I mentioned there was like a gay character and mm -hmm. you were like what? And I was mm -hmm. like yeah one of the dads is gay. <laughs> <laughs> so this just like you're like if these people aren't singing I am not watching this movie as a kid sorry. How fucked my wires got crossed <laughs> is so hilarious that like I thought Sky was the gay one, and I didn't pick up on any of this Harry shit until, like, my last watch, really. But, yeah, that conversation is intentionally confusing, and I didn't really pay attention. There's hardly any dialogue, so why pay attention to the first place? If they have something to get across, it will be happening in song. Absolutely. So, yeah, Harry's gay. He doesn't know. <laughs> but everyone else does. <laughs> so... Later that day, Donna checks in on Sophie because Sophie had fainted last night. And this is the first scene we get, like, just the two of them actually having a, an interaction. And it's also giving comedy of errors. Like, Donna plans to just call off the wedding, and Sophie is so surprised that she would do that. Mm -hmm. And Sophie says, I don't want my children growing up not knowing who their father is. Oof. Hurtful. Which is a really fucked up thing to say for your mother who raised you on her own. Yeah, but she's, like, definitely going through, like, a father complex right now. For some reason, this wedding has, like, brought it all out. Mm -hmm. uh, which I, I could totally understand, I guess. Like, I've always known who my dad is. I look just fucking like him. Um, <laughs> no mistake. <laughs> no mistake in that. <laughs> but, you know, weddings bring out fucking... They dredge up some shit. All your old shit comes to light. Mm -hmm. um, what surprised me is that they never really talk about this kind of stuff because they seem really close. So mm -hmm. it's kind of weird that Sophie would hide all this from her mom, but then I guess we wouldn't have a movie and maybe it's realistic. Like we all hide things from our parents. Yeah. It seems like a relationship that's, they're close in proximity and they do so much together, but maybe the communication isn't always there. Mm -hmm. um, so we get to see that a little bit and it's sad to watch because I really like Donna and I'm on Teen Donna. It's complicated. <laughs> <laughs> Which is another great movie starring Meryl Streep ah, that I love. Probably not gay at all. No, but it's cute. 
Alec Baldwin and Meryl Streep fall in love. <laughs> so later on the island, we see that Harry and Tanya are having some time together. And he asks Tanya what a father would do if he was in this situation. And she says, pay. <laughs> She's my number one favorite character. And then we get this incredible song from Tanya. You know the one. Imagine if this was Cher and this was her only song. They would have given Cher more songs if she was in it. You think they would have just made more songs for Cher? <laughs> Absolutely. I, I think so too. She nails it though. Yeah. I like, I can just picture Kim Cattrall in this scene performing this song in this swimsuit. Yeah. This is my number one favorite number. Unless you can persuade me otherwise. Wow. I don't know why this is the one to me. Yeah, this really is a nice little punch in the pacing as it's taking like a slower turn. And it's so much fun. I turn out to this and Christine Baranski can dance and she's getting it. This like the little thing she does with her knees and her feet. Oh God. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So later Harry attempts to pay for Sophie's wedding with a check, but Donna won't accept it, which I just think is just so nice. Take the fucking money. You just sang a whole song about wanting money from a man. <laughs> just take the fucking money. I don't see the problem. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Uh, so Sophie finally tells Sky about her maybe daddies. And really in this scene, he seems like her GBF. Yeah, you're right. Also, I don't like his response. He's upset. You're keeping things from me, Sophie. It's like, it's her life. Support her. Shut up. Uh, yeah, I... I couldn't figure out why he would be as upset as he is. Like, maybe a little bit annoyed, but, like, the level of anger that he has is, I don't know, confusing to me. They have, like, a semi-controlling-ish relationship that's a little strange, but we look past it. He thinks that the whole wedding is a ruse for her to, like, meet her father's... Oh, oh gosh, there's so much insecurity tied up in that. Because there's, like, this whole other, like, semi-through line for their characters that he would rather go explore the world than... get married which i'm like i don't see why they're mutually exclusive those things Mm -hmm. you can be married i mean are you gonna use the money for the wedding to like go travel the world it doesn't seem like the wedding costs that much (laughs) you're right (laughs) you flew in like five people and you own the villa yeah exactly anyways we get what i would say i'm gonna give myself a chance to change this but this is like my favorite song of this film so this is slipping through my fingers and It's such a beautiful moment because Sophie asked Donna to help her prepare for her wedding. Mm, mm -hmm. And uh, I just have to show you the scene. Do you think I'm letting you down? Why would you even think that? Oh, because of what you've done. I mean, the dynamos, raising a kid and running a business all on your own. Well, honey, I didn't have a choice. I couldn't go home, you know. When I got pregnant, my mother told me not to bother coming back. And I wouldn't have had it any other way. My God, look at what we've had. Will you give me away? Yeah. 
Sometimes I wish that I could freeze the picture and save it from the funny tricks of time slipping through my fingers. Let's pass the tissues around, folks. You like trying to make me cry. Oh, I love this fucking, oh, I love this number so much. God, the way, it's perfect. It's perfect. It, uh, the intimacy, the taking care of, of Sophie and Donna's like love and how she shows it. And uh, it's just a perfect, like if the movie ended here, I would be fine with it. Do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, you're so right. This is the conversation you wanted to happen the whole film, Mm -hmm. you know, and they finally get to have it. And they're like, will you give me away is like the perfect little roundabout to like this obsession she's had with finding her dad's. It's like, I already have the perfect part, the perfect parent, you know, Mm -hmm. and they look so fucking similar. (laughs) They do. It's crazy. And that like harmony, like slipping through my fingers. I'm going to say Fred. Killed it. Academy Award winning actors. I don't know if Amanda has an Academy Award, but she's got one in my books. She, according to, she's got every award I could give. (laughs) She has. So before the wedding, Sam asked Donna about who's giving Sophie away. And Donna's fucking done with these men. She's fucking done with Sam, especially. And she sings this song. The gods may throw the dice. Their minds as cold as ice. Someone way down here loses someone dear. The winner takes it all. The loser has to fall. It's simple and it's plain. Okay, this song, and you can tell me if I'm right or wrong, is the equivalent of Rizzo's number in Greece. Fact. Facts. So when they went to record this song with Meryl Streep in Stockholm, Benny Anderson called her a miracle. She did it on one take. The whole song. It's this like is a that first six take. minute song. I know. <laughs> no way. Yes. She is dripping in Academy Awards for a fucking reason. Incredible. And the scene is really well done. There's there's no fancy shots. They mm-hmm. don't change the setting. It's just Meryl and she just fucking belts it. It's so brave of her. It's a great performance. And it's a good, like, it's the most screen time she's had, like, uninterrupted. Mm -hmm. And it's a great moment for her to take back her life and be like, look, there's a reason I chose to do this on my own. You know, y'all fucking disappeared. And yeah, I could have reached out. But what? You would have wanted me to move to America, move to London, whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, it shows how independent she is and that she did a fucking great job because they're at this beautiful wedding on a beautiful cliffside. Mm -hmm. Um, But she's lonely, and I wish she hadn't chosen Pierce Brosnan, but whatever. Here we are. We all make our choices. (laughs) (laughs) So we move right on to the wedding, and Donna walks Sophie down the aisle. Mm -hmm. And once the ceremony starts, Donna interrupts to welcome Sophie's father. And then she realizes that this is all part of Sophie's plan. (laughs) Whoops. So Sam confesses that while he was engaged during his summer with Donna— he actually broke off the engagement and returned to the island, but Donna was gone. Aww. So every all these men are standing up and trying to claim Sophie as their daughter. And Harry says that he'd be flattered to even have a third of Sophie. I never thought I'd get this much of a child. 
Donna, you were the first girl I've ever loved and actually the last girl I've ever loved. And then he looks at this beautiful Greek man. (laughs) How dumb was I that that never clicked for me? Blind. You're just so (laughs) blind. I mean, there's a lot of sparkly shit happening in this movie for this to be like the one less sparkly nugget, but it's there. (laughs) Yeah, dude, I'm I'm blind as hell. Um, (laughs) So Bill also says that he'd be happy to have a third of Sophie. And Sophie decides that she doesn't want to get married and says that her and Sky should just go and see the world. So Sky was right. This was all a ploy for her to meet her father. So. <laughs> he was right, though. Yeah. Damn. Fuck. Um, he's happy with it. He doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. And as everybody's leaving, Sam says, why waste a good wedding? Such a device, but I love it. <laughs> yeah. It's he, like, while we're here, let's just get married. We, we got the for the things and the food. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So cute. So he proposes to Donna and he sings, I do, I do, I do, I do by ABBA. I'm not including that. Pierce Brosnan should not sing. But don't worry, because we get an absolute banger. Banger. All right, so Rosie is not gay. And she likes Bill? She just wants to live on his boat, like, same girl. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they both are authors. He is not feeling her at first, but he gives in. She's wonderful. I don't see what the problem is. I think that Uzo might have, you know, lubricated some things. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Does, um... Does Kim Cattrall end up with that hottie from the beach in the end, too? Yeah, they, they're shown dancing together for the rest of the movie. And we also see Harry and his Greek boyfriend dancing together. Uh, he looks positively feral, though, when he's interacting with this man. I just don't think this was the role for him to, like, explore being a gay character. Like, shush, 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 shush. <laughs> I want you, listener, if you go back and watch this movie, just see how he interacts with this man. It seems like he kind of wants to, like, eat him. And you're like, whoa, Sparky. Hey, slow down. <laughs> so we get Mamma Mia again and everybody's dancing and it's great. And ah, love it. Love it. Love it. So the film is technically wrapped, but at the credits, we get a little treat. A bonus. We get to see Donna and the Dynamos perform Dancing Queen. Ugh, so good. And then it's followed by the entire cast performing Waterloo. Iconic. It's so satisfying. I wish more people gave a shit about their credits, honestly. I love a film that rounds it out. Mm -hmm. You can do a lot in the credits. Yeah. And the titles, too. The titles, too. Yeah. Yeah. Great. And, okay, there is one song that is included on the soundtrack as, like, a bonus track. They play it at the end of the credits with, like, no video element. It just plays while the credits roll. It is my personal favorite song associated with this movie, but I don't think it counts as like a number because no one actually performs it or anything. If I could have you guys listen to it, just the first two verses, um, I think that this is an actual improvement on the ABBA original, which I can't say for all of them, Pierce Brosnan. (laughs) So I'll have you uh, listen to that. Listen to how beautiful her voice is. I'd be happy to. I'm nothing special, in fact, I'm a bit of a bore When I tell a joke, you've probably heard it before 
But I have a talent, a wonderful thing Cause everyone listens when I start to sing I'm so grateful and proud All I want is to sing it out loud So I say thank you for the music The songs I'm singing Thanks for all the joy She really said, are we human or are we dancers? (laughs) 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 Bitch. (laughs) She... Her voice, she's like a Disney princess. What the fuck? The vibrato. And like I said, people really need to start paying attention to their credits because also like on a meta level, like this is like a thank you to ABBA. 100%. -hmm. It's the perfect closer. Mm -hmm. Like it's... It's like, yeah, meta. Is that what you said? You said meta? Mm-hmm. We're zooming out. She's gone. And she's like, Amanda Seyfried's like, fuck yeah, Abba, you turned that shit. Yeah, like, thanks for letting me go to Greece to get paid to be tan. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing about the credits, which is so funny, is that, like, they all do, they do, like, a section with, like, the crew that they flew in, and then they do a section of the Greek crew. Oh, my God. And their names are just so beautiful. Fucking you half of them it. are Giannis, yeah. first of all. <laughs> it's like night and day, the names. Um, <sighs> Incredible. With a budget of $52 million, it went on to gross $611.3 million. I'm sorry, say that again? With a budget of $52 million, it went on to gross $611.3 million. <laughs> Just box office. Holy shit. That's, we paid money for it to watch it on Amazon this week, too. She's cha-ching, cha-ching. Yeah, dude. Damn. It's a money-making machine. Yeah. Um, it received mixed reviews from critics who criticized the inexperienced singers and campy tone. I'm sorry. Since when is camp bad? Were the straighties saying something? <laughs> <laughs> Anyone who has anything bad to say about this movie can just... We didn't ask. We didn't ask. No, we didn't. We were singing. Sorry, we didn't hear you. (laughs) Thank you for being quiet. (laughs) One critic said, this is the closest you get to see A-list actors doing drunken karaoke. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, if you're going to read this film, that's how you do it. So it didn't win any crazy awards, but it won its way into my heart. Amen. Me too. It won its way onto my karaoke playlist. Uh Uh-huh. So Lizzie, I got to ask you again, what's your favorite song? Today, it's... It has changed. It's Chiquitita. Aww. I love that song. I love that song outside of the film. I Mm -hmm. love it in the film. Mm -hmm. I love the character performances. And knowing that they sang it live and that was the takes (laughs) used is just even better. So I'll say, but you can ask me tomorrow and I would say something totally different. So I love that you picked the song that was not even included on the soundtrack. And they included Pierce Brosnan songs. Why why not that one? Rude. Anyway, what's your favorite song? It's got to be, if I'm playing by the rules, slipping through my fingers. Um, mm. But if I'm not playing by the rules, it would have Whoa. to be thank you for the music. Because I play that on its own, and I just like, it's so beautiful. You know, why not? Pick two. Then I also picked the beach scene. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> Does your mother I know? Incredible. Okay, <laughs> let's score this. All right, before we score this thing, let's take one last shot at Uzo for hey. the streep. Let's go, streepies. <laughs> Ooh. It's actually better warm. I know it is. It's not a bad drink at all. Like, if you're going to shoot something, shoot Uzo. All right, so the subtextual score works. We each rate this movie on a scale of 1 to 10 on how good it is and how gay it is. And then Sam averages those numbers, and we get a single subtextual score. Right? Oh, that's right, Beam. 
Okay, Lizzie. So as an overall film, what would you score this movie? Uh, I'm going to give it an eight. Ooh! Eee! Gosh. Ah, I love this movie. This has been so much fun to do. Um, I saw Lizzie do Grease and I got jealous. And <laughs> <I did this. laughs> More musical episodes. Yes. Um, I think I will have to give it an eight as well. Let's go. Great, mate. I rate an eight. Great, mate. I rate an eight. <laughs> okay, Lizzie, how gay is it? Oh, damn. Oh, okay. So this will take a little bit more calculation. Um, so there's a gay character. Is lots of disco, lots of music, but not that gay because it's about a straight wedding mm -hmm. and mostly about a mother-daughter relationship. Mm, I'll give it a good old five and a half. Five and a half. Yeah, your math there was mostly heterocentric. Mm -hmm. The gay character doesn't know they're gay for most of the movie. And I didn't even realize they were gay on the first hundred watches. <laughs> um, but it is very important for gay people and disco is queer. So I'm going to give it a five. Cool. The score comes out to a whopping 6.63. Love it. Almost the devil's number. I wish, right? One day we'll get it. Yeah, I mean, not two shabs. No, this is definitely going in the Hall of Fame as one of our first musical selections. It's technically still in Pride Month. Oh, no. Oh, what? Oh, what? Oh, God. I, I, I would have never planned for this. Oh, my goodness. Oh, no. What? What is it, girl? <laughs> what is it, Lassie? <laughs> um, it's made our top five worst. Really? At number five. Huh. It's only because we haven't done that many bad films. That's true. We, we've just started doing like unacclaimed pieces. <laughs> <laughs> Which listeners, y'all are in luck because we're going to start flooding y'all's inboxes with some <laughs> bad shit. Some gnarly films. We're going to tear them to pieces. Yeah. All right. Any last words? <laughs> well, with a gun to my head. <laughs> um... If I could turn back time. Yeah, I would seriously go to the set of this fucking movie. I would be such an asset to the production. <laughs> and I would like to be in the chorus line. That's the role I would want. I want to be on the beach uh, you dancing be behind. You want to be one of the like, locals, yes. dancers. I do not look Greek in the slightest. I want to be in the movie. <laughs> I, I also would love to be in this movie. And I know I'm not a Tanya you know, in many senses, but I would love the role of Tanya. That'd be so much. Could you imagine me? In the role of Tanya? Like if a Rosie played a Tanya. <laughs> Happy June, gay. Are you tired of giving your money to massive corporations who don't give a shit about you? Stop. Give it to us. We have a Patreon. If you'd like more bonus content, you can find us on patreon.com slash subtextualpod. We'll see you next week for another riveting episode of Subtextual. Psst.